0: Who do I think are the best receivers in this class? We go through the list of guys expected to be picked in the top 100 and figure out where the Packers can maximize their value in replacing Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. To do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rogers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Cobb! every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part the locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bogowski, and I cover the Packers for the leap a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow podcasts on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. Everything you need to get going gambling this week year bet online where the game starts and thanks to everyone who makes locked on Packers their first listen every day we hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you we're gonna do my receiver rankings today and I have I have gone through the tape I have broken every player down I have evaluated the product the productivity the athletic measurables all of the things that i think are important in a receiver and so we are going to go through them and the way that i do it is i i like to go through everybody i rank them you know the normal the normal thing but then i want to have tiers right i want to be able to say okay this guy in this spot makes sense here and I use a system that is essentially the the standard for uh, NFL front offices. So this is my evaluation, but based on their system. And in terms of grading, I don't want to get bogged down in all of that. But there are different levels to these prospects. So the first group, the first tier, and it's interesting in this class because I think there are these little clusters of players. So the first tier is a year one quality starter. These are guys who have uh, above average physical and positional traits in almost every area. They're likely rookie starters with the expectations of becoming a good NFL starter who could rank in the top 10 at the position. I think that list in this class is four players. It's Drake London, it's Traylon Burks, it's Chris Olave. it's Garrett Wilson. Those are the four guys. I think... Any of the four would be potentially in play for the Packers. I think Garrett Wilson in terms of who they would pick that these these, are important distinctions that we're drawing here. I'm not as high on Garrett Wilson as some other evaluators are. Uh, I don't think Green Bay is going to be as high on him as other evaluators are. I just think that the body type matters to them and he's slender. He's skinny. And doesn't really have the frame to add a bunch more muscle, strength, etc. I think that's also true to an extent of Chris Olave. And I know that he is a Packers fan favorite. I understand that. I I see the fit and and see the, the appeal in just, okay, he can do a lot of the things that Devontae Adams can do in terms of running every route being used all over the formation. You can put him in the slot and you can put him out wide. He can win with his route running, win with his speed. He's not, he's not great after the catch, but he's got enough vision and enough acceleration that he can create yardage, especially if you give him space. I think Drake London's going to be way gone. I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I think he ultimately gets drafted as wide receiver one. Then the question becomes, all right, where's your next group? And who is going to go? I think a lot, I think Olave is gonna go. Wilson is gonna go. Traylon Burks is the guy. Traylon Burks is the guy that that if he falls, I think the Packers would snap on that. Now, that's not to say that that he f- checks every box for them, did not do as well in the agilities as as they traditionally like, did not test athletically overall like they traditionally like, and part of that is he's huge. Um, and so it's just a little bit different. His build up, his top end build up speed is still really, really good. So, how do we use this information? Well, if I were running the Packers, I would look at this going, All right, these are the four guys I really want to leave round one with. One of these four guys. And then I feel really good about where the receiver room is. And you can just kind of let it come to you after that. Let the value. Uh, reveal itself to you, let's say, and you don't have to feel like you need to double dip on. You know, you have two more picks in the second round, fifty-three and fifty-nine. You don't feel like you have to double dip um, and 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 use a high pick. You can wait until ninety-two or even the fourth round and pick a specialist because you got one of these guys that you think is is a no doubt rookie starter. Maybe not no doubt, but is a highly likely rookie starter with the potential to be a really good player in the league now. The only reason Jamison Williams is not in this group is because of the ACL. And, and it's not just the injury. It's that he relies so much on his speed. His speed is so much of his appeal. His ability to throttle speeds and change speeds. It's not just that he's freaking fast. He is. It's that he can go from 0 to 60 to 40 to 80. that's a really underrated trait in any player, but especially a receiver, because it's about finding space in the defense. It's about setting up cornerbacks. It's about setting up your blocks and he can do all of that. But if you don't see him physically before the draft and know that everything is going great, I mean, we just had this report from Ian Rappaport a week or two ago about how the ACL surgery for Odell Beckham Jr. didn't go great. Sometimes surgeries just don't go great. Sometimes you get in there and it's worse than you thought. I had surgery once on my hip. I got hit by a car crossing the street, his fault, not mine. And it was, it was bad. The, the, the thing that they were trying to fix, my labrum was in rough shape and they did what they could and they were successful to a point, but it could have gone better. We don't, I don't know. I don't know what those medicals look like. I don't know what that knee looks like now. I don't know how everything is going now. So that's an added risk for me. You hope the teams who are going to have these evals um, are, are going to be able to get their hands on this medical information. Um, you know, Maybe have their their doctors look at it and you, maybe you feel more comfortable. And if that's the case, yeah, I'd move him up. He'd be in that tier for me. I just don't have that information. So he's not in that tier. The next tier is just two players. It's Jamison Williams and George Pickens. And you have heard me say that I think George Pickens is a potential alpha number one receiver. He had the injury, but he came back from the injury. We saw him play football and we saw him test. We saw that he still has that explosiveness. He ran at 6'3", 195 in the four fours. We know that that speed is still there. He still has that frame. He still has that my ball mentality. He still has incredible hands. Best drop rate in this class in terms of the lowest, the the, um, minimizing drops. And I think he can be a really good player. He's he's here because the productivity never matched the physical tools, or at least it hasn't since his freshman season. Part of that is quarterback, part of that is scheme, part of that is the injury. So how do you weigh all of that? Well, this tier is prospects who produce exciting flashes in college, carry an exciting combination of size, speed, or strength, and has elite player ceiling But bust floor due to concerns surrounding character injury or lack of skill development. In the case of both of these guys, it's injury. And maybe they're just not the same guys anymore. Now, George Pickens is, we've seen physically, he can still move explosively. He can still be really, really good. It's just, okay, why did you not produce more? Those are, those are, Questions that you go, okay, can he carry an offense now in the NFL? Probably not in year one. Could he be a rookie starter for the Packers and carry the load offensively? Probably not. That's why you signed Sammy Watkins. It's why you bring back Big Bob Tunyon and Randall Cobb and some of these other pieces. So that if you if you need to have someone like that on your team, because in year two, year three, they can be awesome players. You need to have these supplementary pieces. Those are the guys I would be interested in drafting in round one. After that, I start to lose interest. I start to worry about it. Now I have a high second round grade on Christian Watson. So he is just, he's just out of this mix for me. Just, just out of this mix. He probably, he probably should be in this tier, frankly. Um, because this tier is technically first round, second round, borderline. So he really should be in this tier. I kept him out of it because he's a little bit older and because he went to North Dakota State. Now, I understand that's a really good FCS program, but it's not the same. And so there's there's development that needs to happen there. That's That's the red flag for him. The lack of skill development is, can he play in an NFL offense? Can he run NFL routes? Can he, can he look as fast as he is, now he's 4 3 six, against NFL caliber opponents? That we have to see. So I think, I think upon reflection, Christian Watson should be in this tier with Jamison Williams and George Pickens. So let's say then those are the seven guys in the first round that you feel, I would feel good about. I would feel, well, I'd feel okay about. But it's not... It's not the same that for that first tier, I think changes the way that you're, you would outlook the draft. If you could only get Pickens, Watson, I think Jameson, you're probably okay with because if you're taking him, you, you're okay with the knee. You probably need to attack day two differently. You probably need to with a little bit more urgency attack the receiver position to try and get another early dart throw another talent who might be able to even if in your 2 year 3 he doesn't have the upside of someone like um George Pickens or Christian Watson could potentially help you in the short run and then develop into a nice wide receiver 2 down the line. We're going to talk about some draft scenarios with this coming up in a little bit but before we do that we're going to talk about our friends Today at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is magic. It really is. It is something that you can feel good about eating every time you eat it because it tastes delicious. That's the most important thing. That is number one. It is delicious. All of the flavors um, may have different mileage for you because of maybe you don't like fruit. I don't like fruit with chocolate. But guess what? I love the Cherry barcia flavor. I don't always love mint with chocolate, but I really like the mint chocolate in Bilt Bar. They are able to do it over and over again. I don't understand it to still have a bar that's high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in calories. That's the beauty of the Bilt Bar. The macros are there. The taste is there. What more do you want? And to find out for yourself, Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And I want to let you know about something that's very cool that's happening. We are doing a live draft show on draft night. And in fact, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all during the draft. If the draft is on, we will be doing a show. I am hosting it. It's going to be on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. Our insiders, we're going to get the... instant reactions from all of the people around the league um, by using our network that's the beauty of our network is the pick is going to come in and we're going to have locked on jaguars react to the number one overall pick we're going to have locked on lions react to the number two overall pick they have the insight not some national reporter who's parachuting in for a day no this is The Locked On Podcast Network Draft Show, which means insight you're just not going to get anywhere else. All right, let's continue down our list here. So the next group, the next tier is the second round tier. These guys have the talent to become dependable starters within the first couple seasons and should be immediate contributors to their teams. So that tier for me is just two guys see these are these are like mini tiers basically because i I do some of these these players i don't love um that's jalen tolbert and john mechie and john mechie is also coming off that acl but these are guys that i think really are top 50 talents they're not that far i don't think the gap between christian watson and jalen tolbert is really that big or john mechie they're they're all really good players i think the difference for me is that upside I think Christian Watson, there's a 5% chance that he could be a true number one, that that speed translates, he he is able to use his size a little bit better. He gets a little bit stronger and he he can turn into some sort of field tilting monster everything who has that after the catch ability as well. That's on the table. I don't, I don't think that is with Jalen Tolbert. I don't think that is with John Mechie, although I really like those players. Those are guys at 53. If you go pick at 28, let's say, you could get Mechie and Tolbert at 53 and feel really good about the work that you've done in your receiver room. Even if you, you don't get that guy who right away you're going to go, okay, this guy's coming in right away. He's going to be our one, and it's going to be go time. Great. Because you didn't get Burks, London, Wilson, Olave, maybe Jamison Williams you're still adding high level talent to your team and i think the packers would have interest in both of those guys they you know mechi is just outside of the physical range that they they tend to like but i think this the skill set is there the speed is there run after catch the route running i said that you know jake morley calls him discount uh, chris olave i threw up a route on twitter where he's running one of these routes that olave sort of went viral for running in the red zone it's Jametchy doing it to win the game. To win the game against Auburn in overtime. And it's a specialty route and they won. Amazing because of him. He is one of those guys that I don't think we're talking enough about in the draft because of the injury because his teammate is a more high profile guy, but he's got a lot of ability and and I think that that in the second round 53 58 those guys would be really good value for the Packers. Now the next tier is a much bigger tier. This is a prospect with some limiting factors who should become a good NFL backup and may become an eventual starter for certain teams. So this is that third, fourth round kind of player. I'm going to have some names in here that are going to surprise you, I think. The top of this, this tier for me is Romeo Dobbs from Nevada. I think he's quite good, um, but I, I, you know there's some limiting his his frame he's a little slight even though he's 6'2" 204. i don't know that he played at 204 these are just unfinished uh balls of clay to me in in most cases guys who or who've who've maxed out and that's probably all they're going to be that's that's you know sort of the kind of guy you're talking about someone who's got maybe a defined skill set And they're probably just a role player in the NFL, or they have some talent and some tools, but that's all they are. And so you think of someone like um, Alec Pierce is in this tier. Volleyball player, a little late to the position. He's an athletic marvel. He's got really good body control, leaping ability, speed. But that's about it right now. So how much better can he get? That's a question that, that the Packers are going to have to answer. That's a question that all of these teams are going to have to find answers to. Sky Moore is in this tier for me. I don't think the Packers are going to be interested in him. 5'10", 195. That's small. He's. I think he's a slot-only kind of receiver. And so I do think he can get down the field. But it's just, uh, unless it's on, you know, in round three, unless he falls to 92, I don't see the value there. Jahan Dotson is in this tier for me. I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. First of all, slot only. He's tiny, tiny. Uh, And, you you know, 180 soaking wet. I understand that he is a very nice slot player. I don't think he can do what Cooper Cup can from the slot. I don't think he can do what Justin Jefferson can from the slot. I don't think he can do what Devontae Adams can do from the slot. I think in order to be a number one receiver in the NFL, you have to be able to do more than play from the slot. Now, Cooper Cup is the exception that proves the rule. He's in the perfect offense for him. He is someone who has developed his craft and has got the right pieces around him, has Robert Woods and then Odell Beckham, and has Sean McVay this season, I don't think it's a coincidence, had Matthew Stafford. I don't, Jahan Dotson, to me, is Jameson Crowder. What is, what is the upside of what he can look like? Who is the 180-pound slot guy who is dominated in the NFL? Cooper Cup is 200 pounds. He's 6'2". He just moves in a way that allows you to put him in the slot with a two-way go. And maybe he's 195. He's much bigger than Jahan Dotson. So those guys, they, have, they can be useful and they can be valuable to your offense, but they have a very defined skill set. I don't think you can play him outside. He's just too small. It's Frankly, it's one of my concerns about Garrett Wilson as well, who against some bigger corners in the Big Ten, they were able to limit him when they got physical with him. He's going to have to get better getting off press. I think if you put Jahan Dotson on the outside, he will get swallowed up by bigger corners. And if he doesn't have a two-way go, it just negates his effectiveness. So how much can a slot-only receiver really give to your team? This is a matter of value. It's moot for our purposes because I don't think the Packers are going to draft him. He's too small. He's also going to go much sooner than this. Another guy I really like in this tier, and this is the last guy in this tier, is Khalil Shakur. Now, he is a slot-only player, I think. He is... Six foot 196, so he's big, but I think has to play in the slot, has short arms, and is it lacks that length you'd want to get off press. But from the slot, he did everything at Boise State, everything, and was a returner. I think he is someone who the Packers could have interest in, ran in the four fours, athletically is what you want, although did not um, test in the agilities the, the way that the Packers tend to like. But he is someone who I think can get vertical. As a returner, if he falls to 92, I think that's an appealing thing for them. And then there's this last set, guys that I think are probably reaches at 92, but just barely Um, in, in that sort of similar tier, that same third to fourth round. Um, again, these are prospects with limiting factors who NFL backups could become starters for certain teams. I don't think either one of these guys really has the chance to be a starter. They're really fourth round type prospects. They're upside projects who need long-term developments plus physical traits run or develop functional starter is the ceiling, but there's risk. That's, that's the way it's outlined. There, there's not a ton of risk in these cases. It's just that there's not a lot of upside to me. Valis Jones Jr. and Tyquan Thornton. Similar appeal. These guys can fly 4-3 speed. Can get vertical. Can create after the catch. And each could be your your day one punt returner or kick returner. Valis Jones was a stud returner at Tennessee. But he's going to be 25. How much upside does he have? Tyquan Thornton. who who, Both of these guys came in for visits for the Packers. It's one of the reasons why I watch them. Thornton is 181. Six two, a buck 81. Now he looks like MVS on the field because he's not quite as tall, but is a little skinnier. MVS has two inches on him, but also 20 pounds. That 10 pounds per inch, it comes out right about right in terms of what they look like. So I, I think that that role player, but high-level role player is sort of where they top out at. And so to me, I, I, I'm i not going to use a top 100 pick on that unless what I desperately need is speed. And Thornton is that guy, and the Packers desperately need speed. So at 92, if they picked Thornton especially, I think a little bit less with Bayless Jones, if they pick Thornton, I would I would completely understand that from their perspective, why they, why they would do it, what the justification would be, and, and where his value is. You just slot him into that speed role, let him return kicks, let him be a gunner, play on special teams. Third round, that's what you're looking for in the third. He's a backup who could become a functional starter. In three receiver sets, he's the speed guy. He's the jet guy. He's the gadget guy. He's the returner. He, he's going to play 30 40% of snaps, something like that. That works. That makes sense. That fits. And that's what you're looking for. End of the third? Yeah, that's fine. So that's the way that, that I have these guys tiered. Um, and so how do we how do we implement that into a draft how does that affect the way that the draft could look it is after all mock draft monday so we will talk about that in just a second Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Find the latest sports league reviews, news, all the basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, everything is there for you at Bet Online Esports. You've got all kinds of Las Vegas casino games. If the traditional betting lines thing is not really your cup of tea, that's fine. They have something for everyone. Go to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, I did two mocks, NFL on the Pro Football Focus uh, NFL Draft Simulator. Remember, I go back and forth on these because people get annoyed if I don't do that. Um, And it it is, I think, a good indication of how you want to think about your approach based on what happens at that first pick. So what happens at 22? Who is available to you? And so in, in the first mock that I did, Traylon happened to be there. I took him. So then that opens up the rest of your draft. You're getting this guy who in year one can play X, he can play Z, he can play Y, you can put him in the backfield, he can play all over the formation. Is he ready to come in and run blaze outs for you? No, he's not gonna come in and run high level routes from day one, but he can come into your offense and run those crossing routes. They can run mesh with him all day. And yeah, let's let's see vertically on a transition go, a three-step turn and fire Rodgers to Traylon Burks, go up and win the ball. He can do that. And so, okay, Lazard, Cobb, Tunyon, let's go. Let's see what you have. And then find one of those role players later in the draft. Find someone who can bring you some speed or some, some run-after catch ability, someone who is very much a you fit a role, you're not necessarily someone who is going to be relied upon to be a high-level starter. Then at 28, I get my safety. You know that I like going safety, Lewis Seen, and on day two, I go edge and tackle. It doesn't even really matter who I picked in this case because that's not the point. But then at 92, I had some nice options even at 92. I could have taken Tyquan Thornton. I could have taken Vales Jones. I was able to get Romeo Dobbs from Nevada who I think paired with Traylon Burks is a no-brainer because I think Dobbs is a better route runner, a more NFL-ready route runner, double moves, he's a vertical threat, he's a returner, and I think he can give you on the outside or from the slot, he gives you someone who can win in different kinds of ways from Traylon Burks. This is something that I've been talking about for months now. You want to find draft picks who are complementary to one another because they are part of your long-term plan together, right? They are in a perfect world going to grow and evolve in this offense together, which means having them complement one another is an important aspect to how this goes down. So I did another draft. You get to 22. All the guys are gone. The best available is George Pickens. So that's a little rich for me at 22. There's some other players I liked on the board. So I took Travis Jones. I think Travis Jones is a top 20 type talent. I think he can be an outstanding pass rusher. I think he can be an instant impact starter defensively. I think he is a a future top five nose tackle in the NFL. I love his game. Anyone who's listened to the show more than like twice knows I love his game and I think the Packers will love his game. They will take interior defensive linemen, especially if they see them as unique in terms of their ability to rush the passer and he is that. So then at 28, you get George Pickens. Feel a little bit more comfortable about getting Pickens there and then that gives you the options, right? If you if you get there at 22 and the best receivers on the board for you are George Pickens and Christian Watson. You probably feel like they're going to make it to twenty-eight. So take the best player that you can, and get one of them at twenty-eight. And if you can't, trade back, add picks, and then draft a couple of these guys. I think that's also a scenario worth looking at. Thirty-eight and thirty or thirty-five and thirty-eight are Jets picks. Maybe they want to move back up to get someone, um, and you can you can grab a pair of picks. I think that's something that's that's worth considering. The, the Seahawks have I think thirty-nine and forty. Would they want to move up for someone a quarterback perhaps? Um, and and then you can grab one of these other guys or a couple of them and do this with just sheer numbers? I don't think that's a bad idea. So then after getting Pickens, I get Jalen Tolbert at 53. I think Tolbert would be more ready to come in right away and as a receiver, help your offense. Pickens, not that he's more raw. he's not. but I think he would he would have a more defined role stretching the field. He can block his ass off, that's for sure. But getting off press, some of that stuff, he he just needs to refine his game a little bit more. I think Tolbert is ready to come in at 23. Um, George Pickens, I believe, just turned 22 um, and and come in and and give you something. That guy's a little bit more pro-ready. I think they both could be a really good player. I think Pickens can be a bona fide number one and, and Tolbert can be a, a very good number two. Lazard, Amari Rogers. Like if your if your core of your receiver group is Pickens, Tolbert, and Amari Rogers, those guys fit together. They make sense, and there's a hierarchy to it. With AJ Dillon, with his offensive line, with with the the young defense that you have, you feel really good about that. And then just because I got that other receiver, then at at 59 I get an edge rusher Cam Thomas from San Diego State, and at 92 I get to go Greg Dulcich. From UCLA and grab another pass catcher, especially if you feel like you're you, you like some of these tight ends, whether it's Greg Ruckert or or Kate Otten. There, there's a, a lot there that tier. They're all right there in that that third, fourth round kind of spot. And so you can get them along with your receivers. Now you've added three pass catchers to this offense. Are any of them going to come in and be number ones right away? No, but in a year, two years. And then you're just throwing bodies at the problem. They're going to rotate in. They're going to give you spot reps. That's what you're talking about when you're trying to parse, okay, these are the tiers of guys that I want. And this is how it affects the the outlook of the draft as you move through it. This is a living, breathing thing as it's happening. And you have to be nimble enough to say, okay, this is where this is where this all goes from here. All right, we're going to be back. Tomorrow, a lot more to dig into on the NFL draft. We've got Mike Renner coming up this week from Pro Football Focus, um, working on getting a couple other interviews because the draft. We are we are a week from being in draft week. That means this time, a week from now, it will be getting close getting very, very close to start hearing who the actual picks are, which how can you not be excited about that? Follow me on Twitter, Peter Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find LockedOnPackers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the LockedOnPackers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay LockedOnPackers.